everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. This is the podcast on Rachel's Reviews, where each week we talk about a streaming service and share some hidden gems, some deeper dives uh, on that service that you can enjoy. And each week I'm joined by my friend Ryan. Hi, Rachel. Top of the morning, or well, evening in this case to you. Uh, <laughs> yes. it's, I'm, I'm so happy to be with you once again. Uh, it's just I don't know about you, but just, I've just, I'm on clouds nine through 14. Like it's just been, it's just been a good time for me. Yeah. And, uh, and I won't go into too much detail because we're here to talk about Disney plus not our personal lives, but uh, it's just been a good time. And uh, it was punctuated by this weekend. I wanted to say thank you for having me on, uh, on your Patreon watch along for Twinkle All the Way with Alonzo Duralde and uh, several of your patrons and the creative team behind Twinkle All the Way. I was not expecting that. I think you mentioned it, but I was, I was like, oh, this is the director. I'm like, yeah. I better and be on writer, my best yeah. behavior because I had never seen it. And I was, is going to be just super ox if I didn't like it. But <laughs> thankfully, thankfully I really loved it. So, oh, yay. so it was good. And then you had me as a part of your patron Q&A, got to meet a woman named Julia, who was just nothing but nice over in the UK. Shout out to you, Julia, if you're listening to this. And then I met our man, Micah. And, yes. and he was just super nice. And I was just, and I don't know if you all know about this, but Rachel and I text back and forth, you know, just to plan stuff out sometimes. And I was like, we need to hire this kid. Like <laughs> one, once we get yeah. our Joe Rogan podcast deal of exclusivity to like iTunes or something, we need to get him as like a scheduler or something. He's going to be on like the ground floor. Like yeah. he's going to be in our autobiographies one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. And he's going to be coming on uh, the podcast, we're doing a special episode of Talking Disney, uh, where he got to request because of his Patreon level. Uh, me and Stanford are going to be covering Ratatouille with Micah and his mom. And so that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, it's a movie that I love. So I'm very excited to talk to him about it. Yeah, and he's great. I'll put a link down to his channel if people want to check it out because he is really bright and, and wonderful. And it was such a fun uh, event. Both of them were fun. Uh, but having Brian and Megan Herslinger, the director and writers of uh, Twinkle All the Way on was so much fun. You could hear all the backstory, but also we got to hear about uh, what their projects filming in COVID have been like and the challenges they faced. And so that was really interesting as well as a movie fan to hear about all of that. So uh, we, we've been doing these watch alongs every month uh, and uh, they're open for any level of patron. So you can become a patron for only $2 a month. So less than your coffee, <laughs> less than things, uh, really cheap. Uh, so check it out. I'll, again, I'll put all that in the description. Uh, and just, we definitely try to make it worth your while. I already have September's planning in the works. And so uh, it's pretty cool. And so thank you for, for coming and enjoying that. And I'm really excited that you like to go all the way because it's so fun. Yeah. And it, and it was just a supreme honor to be in the same, like, chat room i guess as alonzo duralde a man who i uh i read quite frequently his uh his criticisms yeah. and i don't know if he'll listen to this but i was just I, I never got a chance to speak to him other than like five words but i i thought he asked some really good questions and he just 
uh, he was just a nice guy. So, uh, like like I said, because we got to get to Disney Plus eventually. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Rachel. Uh, yes. I am. I I hope you can have me back for one of these because I'll be there for every one of them if you'll have me. Yes, like I said, I've already got. Uh, I'll just say September is in the works. We're going to be having writer Nina Weinman on, and we are going to be uh, looking at watching her film that she wrote pumpkin pie wars which is really fun it's like the romeo and juliet without the sad ending of hallmark movies and so you want to check it out and uh, so that's going to be super fun and nina was the first interview that i ever did on hallmarkies podcast and so she's very special to us she's been on our show uh, it'll be six times coming up so she's the best anyway so that's coming up all of that housekeeping aside we also have one other thing we have the guy at the movies film festival coming up it'll be when this airs it'll be tomorrow uh and uh and so you want to make sure that you signed up go and register we'll have all the information there's going to be tons of cool panels people like sean chandler are going to be on there like a ton of cool youtubers and uh we are going to be me and durbin uh chris from durbin who does the sunday devotionals we are going to be doing basically a sunday devotional but it won't be quite as religious but we're going to be talking about toxic fandom and it's going to be really good so you want to you want to check that out and then on sunday we are going to be doing the first ever live episode of the hallmarkies podcast where we are going to be talking about the movie hitch so that's going to be really fun because if you're a guy at the movies virtual film festivals we talk about hitch about two guys uh so uh, <laughs> um, I, that's uh, going I, on I, I make sure it. to check I, it out i gotta tell you i'm looking forward uh to your panel with uh with durbin over at durbania it's yeah. uh it's rachel madness and durbania <laughs> running wild yes that's right gonna take on andre the giant and and ted dibiase at SummerSlam 88 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gonna be so fun i mean because i it's a subject i feel very passionate about and i'm really excited to talk about it and i love doing sunday devotionals with chris so anyway all of that said we're gonna be talking disney plus and uh, we haven't talked about it for a little while this is our eighth hidden gems though on disney plus so uh it's kind of how we got started i think we did about four in a row then we decided to branch out into other stuff and uh, so we thought we'd first kind of give our little review of the latest Disney Plus original film, The One and Only Ivan. And uh, this was going to go into theaters and then it got moved to Disney Plus. Uh, what, what was your overall thoughts about this film? Well, I honestly had no idea this was even going to be a thing before like about a week before it was set to drop on Disney Plus. I had like little to no expectations and I ended up really enjoying it. Uh, I don't think it's going to rewrite the script making wheel or it's going to be groundbreaking in terms of story, but it's, it's 90 minutes. It's a quick watch. It's a, it's a, it's a good story. It's funny on occasion. I like all of the actors involved in here. Uh, Sam Rockwell, he's great. Uh, Brian Cranston, my man, Brian Cranston, uh, Shaka Khan is in here. I'm a big fan of her music. Uh, Ron Funches is in here. He's a really funny comedian. Uh, Helen Mirren, Danny DeVito. It's just, it was a surprisingly stacked cast. And and just the movie itself, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. This reminded me 
a lot of the movies Disney used to make. Either they would send them like straight to VHS or DVD, or they would be like the ones in the middle. You know, sometimes they would release like a big Disney animated studios release and then a Pixar one, maybe in the same year or maybe like in different years. And then this would be kind of like the white cream in the Oreo, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, my analogy got away from me, but I'm sure you all can figure that out. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, I did enjoy this movie. Like I said, it's not going to reinvent the wheel in terms of story, but I found myself saying to myself, that was far better than I ever thought it could be. Yeah, so I agree with you about these Disney live action films because for a while there, we, all we were getting were the remakes and we weren't getting these kind of smaller films. And so I think that's something that Disney Plus can really give us, which makes me very excited because I love these live these type of live action films. Uh, and I, I, I think that this definitely has moments where it feels in the spirit of something like the remake of Mighty Joe Young, which we've talked about on this podcast that I think is very underrated and I really enjoy. Uh, and I, it's about this gorilla that uh, is performing at this circus that's in a mall, which is really strange, but it's true. And this actually happened and he ends up learning to paint. And there ends up becoming sort of this uh, this outcry to kind of uh, to to let him have more space than in this uh, than in this mall. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I I think it was a very sweet film. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. I think people should give it a watch. Uh, I I think that there's a couple things that hold it back from being like one of the greats. You're talking like a Paddington, a Babe on that kind of level. Uh, I think that I wish that we got to know Brian Cranston's character better. There were times when I thought, oh, is he becoming a villain? And then he wouldn't. And But we didn't really we didn't really get to know his motivations because he could be kind of rude and a jerk. And um, it's, he uh, didn't. it's implied. And I actually uh, was going to bring this up. Uh, there's a part, there's the, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, he's the guy who, uh, who is, I, I don't want to call him the janitor, but yeah, he, he has, the, he's pretty mean he, to him. He has the daughter and mm-hmm. the two have like a weird relationship, like an antagonistic relationship. Yeah. And I was like, where is this going? And then it's just, it's like a big lipped alligator moment. It's like, it's introduced and then never seen yeah. again. And then another one that was at least blatant to me was uh, was Ivan goes on this tangent about Mac having a wife and how Ivan was uh, essentially their child. It, it, it's, it's a little weird, but mm-hmm. essentially Ivan caused her to run away and, uh, and we never hear from her or see her again. So it's, it, it's, it's implied that they may have, that they may have separated, but it's like we hear it and then we never see it again. Yeah. At least that's what I got. Yeah, right. And and so I think as opposed to something like the family in Paddington, which is so endearing, and that relationship feels really true, uh, or Farmer Hoggett and Babe. Uh, I mean, and that's a high tier. Those are two of the best family films ever made, and if you ask me. Um, so uh, the 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 relationship between Babe and uh, and Farmer Hoggett is so lovely and wonderful and and i i don't think that 
this is even it doesn't have any like that emotional heft of uh of that kind of relationship that i think would have made it like even better but especially towards the end i once he starts painting and once that plot kind of goes i think that's when it starts to to work more than uh than maybe some of the other stuff and uh once that that side of it and you see his painting and um and the fact that it's based on a true story is pretty cool oh really it is i had no idea oh you didn't watch that in the credits oh no i i must have i don't watch a ton of credits so i i clearly missed that well and then disney plus they're like skip the credits and so uh but um but yeah anyway they it's based on a true i'm sure heavily you know dramatized or whatever but at the end they show the real ivan and and the real place where uh he was you know he performed and they said that he never left the confine he never had fresh air for for almost 30 years which is, wow. is yeah and then he went to a zoo at, in atlanta i guess after that and he had much more space and uh anyway so that makes it really interesting and and uh so yeah i think it's definitely worth a watch i it's i agree with you it's not a classic it's not going to change your life but it's sweet and i think your kids will like it and the animals are cute and uh so i would check it out all right let's move on let's talk about our five recommendations that we have uh for disney plus let's i'll give my first recommendation and it is the documentary howard and this is a pretty straightforward documentary as far as the filmmaking goes but it's about such a cool person that it, it works uh, about howard ashman and uh his life and of course his very very early passing from aids which is so sad uh but uh, i really loved this documentary i love howard ashman i think he was incredible and uh, it was very moving and especially the whole section on beating the beast like both as a tribute to him, but also because of my love for that film was just amazing. Seeing Angela Lansbury and Jerry Orbach there with Howard and Paige O'Hara and that whole thing was so cool. Uh, so, so touching. And uh, of course you see Alan Menken, you see uh, the um, all the other people that worked with him uh being interviewed even jeffrey katzberg people like that uh so it's definitely any of course any disney fan should watch it but it's just anybody who's creative who has a voice who's maybe feeling frustrated um whatever watch howard and i think you get a lot of inspiration yeah i was uh when you sent me the list of your recommendations i was like howard ashman why ha- does that sound so familiar and then i looked him up on imdb and it was just like wow, this guy was supremely talented. He wrote yeah. the music for Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and and Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis, which is just, which I think is very underrated. I love that movie to pieces, but I had no idea he was behind like some of the best music from the early Disney Renaissance. You know, he was behind Aladdin and he was behind... Mm-hmm. Um, and he was behind the Little Mermaid, and I know Rachel, you're a big fan of the Little Mermaid. Uh, yes. I'm a big, I'm a big Aladdin fan, and so, yeah. like, I, I always knew Alan Menken's name, but I had never heard of Howard Ashman's name, and yeah. I feel sad that I never knew it until, 
they made a documentary about him and he passed away in 1991 from AIDS, like the same year that Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yeah, it was just before the movie was released that he passed away. And so I think he got to see a final cut, but it was before the premiere and everything. And and in the in, in Beauty and the Beast, it said they have a tribute at the end. It says, to our friend Howard, who gave a mermaid her voice and a beast his soul, we will be forever grateful. And I just I always think that's so beautiful. And he was just, he actually got a story credit on The Little Mermaid, which is not always the case with a lyricist. You don't always get a story credit, but he was so involved, especially in Ursula. And there's a great scene in the documentary where you get to see him singing Poor Unfortunate Souls and him, and him really getting into it and trying to show the animators kind of what he wanted. And, and uh, so he was a special person. I've said it a million times. They need to make a biopic about Howard Ashman. They need to have Michael Fassbender play him because they look so similar. And he's, he's getting a little too old. They need to do it now. Uh, we need to start that campaign. So, Balls um, in your court, Disney. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a very touching, lovely documentary done by his friends. Uh, it's directed by Don, Don Han. Don, uh, it's directed by Don Han, who is the, was that one of the animators who worked with him. And uh, so definitely worth your watch is to, is to watch Howard. What's your first pick? So my first pick, and I was walking a bit of a tightrope with this one because uh, it's A Bug's Life, and uh, and this was this was Pixar's second outing after Toy Story, and it's a bit of a gray area because you know A Bug's Life is still held in relatively high regard. I mean, it is Pixar, but I consider it a bit of a hidden gem because Pixar has gone on to do so many great movies that it had to leave some movies in the dust. And unfortunately, I think A Bug's Life is one of them. And I think it's a tragedy because I've always loved this movie ever since I first in, uh, first watched it. Um, it tells the story of an ant named Flick who is incredibly smart and very driven, but unfortunately causes nothing but trouble for his, uh, for his ant farm. And through a series of unfortunate events, the ant colony gets in trouble with a grasshopper named, well, Hopper. <laughs> and he's voiced by Kevin Spacey and said, we need a certain amount of food before the last leaf falls. And so Flick takes it on himself to find some warriors to fight off the, the, uh, the grasshoppers. And he finds some, quote, warriors in the form of a really, really bad circus troupe and, uh, and hijinks ensue. Uh, I became fascinated with this movie because it was released the same year Ants was released. And when Jeffrey Katzenberg left for DreamWorks, he said, I'm taking the bug idea with me. And so that's the reason why we got two Ant movies in the same year. Uh, I've seen Ants and I've seen A Bug's Life and I prefer A Bug's Life. Ants is really good. Sylvester Stallone is an ant. You can't go wrong. But I love the story in A Bug's Life. It's got a great cast. Uh, the Kevin Spacey element is a bit tricky, especially with the news nowadays, but he plays his role to a T. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Howard uh, Ratzenberger's in, or Howard Ratzenberger, John Ratzenberger is in there, and he is funny as always. Uh, Dennis Leary's in there, David Hyde Pierce is in there, I could go on, but just 
I think A Bug's Life is definitely one of Pixar's most, most underrated movies. And I think everybody should give it another chance. Not, not its fault, but it just Pixar has gone to do such better things that it's just like A Bug's Life is like, it just got forgotten. And I think that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I agree. I think that Bugs Life is definitely underrated. I think it's really funny. I just love when he's like, I know what a rock is. Do I look like I'm a person who doesn't know what a rock? And I've spent a lot of time around rocks. I love that. That's so funny. And also, I mean, for Pixar, it actually has a pretty strong uh, female character in Princess Ada uh, that you don't see in many of their films and uh, until brave i guess and uh, and also i i think the the whole idea of uh, the the small ants com- coming together to defeat the large uh the, the large grasshopper is is like a good message so uh, i think uh, i think it's definitely a good one and a good uh, movie to to revisit because i think a lot of people have forgotten it and i do prefer it over ants but partly is that i'm not like the biggest Woody Allen fan in the world. Yeah. Uh, um, one more note before we move on. I still own to this day my VHS copy of A Bug's Life in the clamshell. Nice. And I still watch it from time to time. I can even like memorize the advertisements. It's like with the weird ethereal music and it's like now coming to home theater. <laughs> and it's just like nostalgia. But anyway, what's your- You gotta what, have- you, and I mean, and Heimlich is the best. Someday I'll be a beautiful butterfly and then everything <laughs> will be better. I love it. Very good. All right. Well, my next choice is a series and it is Star Wars Rebels. And I have not been the biggest fan of most of the Disney Star Wars output. I mean, I've just liked some of them okay. Some of them I haven't liked. But the one thing that I legitimately loved all the way throughout didn't disappoint me at all is star wars rebels i really enjoyed this series i i haven't seen all of clone wars and i have not seen the most recent season uh, because i'm trying to catch up but uh but i i just prefer this because this is about new characters you do have cameos coming in every now and then uh that you'll see uh you see princess leia briefly you see uh, all you know, all our different characters, uh, but this is predominantly about new characters uh, that uh, you get to know, and I think they're all really, really well done. I I particularly love all of the female characters in this. I really like Sabine. I think she's really great. I really like uh, the um, uh, I like Hera. I like uh, you get to see more of um uh, ahsoka khan you uh just all of these female characters that are strong that are interesting that have flaws (laughs) that you get to follow along the way i i I just really i like all of the characters i like ezra i like kanan i i like the stories some of the stories are more kitty than other episodes um, but I, I think that it's had to, has some really thrilling moments, uh, and I, I just think it's genuinely the best Star Wars that we've gotten since um, uh, Return of the Jedi. I really do. 
Yeah, I've watched every episode of this series, and I love I love this series. Uh, I would give the narrow edge to Star Wars: The Clone Wars, but I guess that it, that had a lot more time to uh, to play with the characters and explore new planets. But Star Wars Rebels is still like it's still excellent. Uh, it's got a great uh, it's got a great voice cast. Uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. is in there. He voices Kanan, does a phenomenal job. Uh, Steve Bloom is in there, who was the voice of uh, of the guy from Toonami. I'm blanking on his name at the second, but but I I'll always remember his voice. It was like is like stay gold, and I'm like goosebumps every time. Uh, D. Bradley Baker is in there. He's been a voice on Phineas and Ferb and American Dad and just a lot of other shows. Uh, David Oyelowo, who's gone on to do a lot of big movies, including Selma. He was Martin Luther King Jr. in that. He's really good as Agent Callis. Uh, and just overall, this movie, or this movie, this series, just has great animation. And it uses nostalgia wisely because mm -hmm. Darth Vader is in this, Obi-Wan Kenobi is in this, and Yoda is in this. But you only see them in special episodes. Yeah. And it single-handedly turned Darth Maul into just one of the best characters ever. It, and it just turned complete 180 from The Phantom Menace. So yeah. give Dave Filoni all the credit in the world. Like, I'm a, I'm a Dave Filoni guy. <laughs> yeah. And don't you agree about the female characters, too? That Hera and Sabine and these characters that they have they're interesting they have flaws they they uh, they they're i mean yeah you have the ability in a series to really flesh out your characters in the way you can't always in a movie but i don't know i just feel like they're they're some of the best female characters in all star wars sabine especially uh, mm -hmm. she's a she's yeah. a mandalorian but uh, but she has revoked the mandalorian brotherhood if you want to call it so mm -hmm. it's so she's wrestling with that and Hera has her own problems and it it it's to bring up one of your favorites Rachel it kind of reminds me of the of the X-Men series it's uh mm -hmm. these characters have uh, these characters yeah, are damaged. It's a good comparison. They're, da they're damaged goods but yeah. they hold it together long enough to keep the keep the empire at a respectable distance yeah. and that's something to be admired yeah, and I just like the fact that this, like I said, is is new characters that we can get invested in, uh, as opposed to the. That's why I'd give it the edge over Clone Wars, which is about our same characters that we we know with Obi Wan and, and Anakin. Uh, that's a so. fair point. That's a fair point. So, what's your next pick? Uh, take notes, J.J. Abrams on from Star <laughs> Wars Rebels, but I digress. Right. Yes, my Put next. and give him more to do. Give him the keys to the kingdom. Yes. He clearly knows what he's doing. But my next choice, uh, speaking of Star Wars, this is a bit of a kind of Star Wars kind of knockoff. And and I say knockoff, not as, an, as a dig, but it came out during a time when Star Wars was the biggest thing ever. And people were like, we need space movies now. And so Disney tried to capitalize on that by creating the black hole. Uh, this yes. movie is known for many reasons as being um, one among them being the first PG movie ever made from Disney. Uh, and up until that point, they had only made rated G movies because Walt Disney was like, I will make only make entertainment for the entire family. But due to changing trends, the black hole was made. And this is 
notorious for having a lot of problems backstage and going over budget. But I, I watched a video on this movie from a channel called Good Bad Flicks, and it, it just, like, curiosity killed the cats, you know? So I finally sat down and watched it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. it it's got Anthony Perkins in there, who was Norman Bates from Psycho. He's far less of a psycho in this movie. Uh, the late Robert Forster, who just passed away last year, for all my Breaking Bad fans, he was the vacuum cleaner guy. May Robert Forster rest in peace. Uh, and Maximilian Shire is, or Shire, Shell is in there, who was in movies like Judgment in Nuremberg, and he was really good. And what I love about the movie is just the atmosphere of this ship, of, of just how intimidating it all looks. Uh, from the robots to the controls to the captain and just everything in between. Uh, I think if this movie were released 10 years later, it would have a much better reputation, but it is what it is. But I, I think the black hole is criminally underrated and mm -hmm. has gone overlooked for far too long. Yeah, I actually have a review of this on my channel under uh, Family Movie Night, so I'll put a link maybe down to that in the, in the notes. an interesting pick for Family Movie Night, considering some of the stuff that happened. Yeah. That. <laughs> it was in my Disney Scares month uh, that I covered it, uh, one of the years that, I was do that I've been doing that, which is coming up soon. I'm be very excited. I have some fun stuff planned. Plug. Yes. And <laughs> I actually think that this... I, th I actually think it has more to do with Star Trek than it does have to do with Star Wars. Um, I just, the, the, the way that the, I don't know, I felt like it was kind of a long episode of Star Trek uh, more than it doesn't have any, any of the fantasy elements of Star Wars as opposed to the more the feel of Star Trek. Uh, but um, it does kind of go crazy, especially towards the end. Um, and, uh, but uh, but I love the the production design is really cool. The the uh, alien, not the alien, the um, robot is really cool. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I did enjoy it. Uh, and it definitely has sort of a camp factor too, if you enjoy sort of campy sci-fi type stories. And I think you'll like it. And yeah, it was an interesting time for the Disney Studios because it was when Ron Miller was the president and he was started taking uh, more risks uh, than had been done before. You see things like Watcher in the Woods, uh, something which is also this. underrated, by the way. Yes, Woods. I do really enjoy that. Yeah, and and uh, uh, and then um, something Wicked This Way comes, which I love. And uh, there's a bunch of interesting uh, sort of late '70s, early '80s. Uh, a little bit darker kind of feeling of films even maybe going as far as uh something like the the black cauldron which was kind of the uh kind of kind of ruined all of that it kind of put the was, kibosh was, on all of that because it was, it was, <laughs> it was such bottom. a flop it was rock bottom <laughs> yes uh so yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting period for this for the disney studios and uh, an interesting pick uh, so my next pick is uh, very different from the black hole. This is the rom-com uh, while you were sleeping. And this is not only a delightful rom-com, but it's also a, uh, a uh, I think it counts as a holiday film. So it really checks both check, check for me. 
<laughs> things I like. Um, and I, you, you gotta love Sandra Bullock. This is probably at the height of her powers. She's so charming. And you just want somebody to, to take this darn woman to Florence. Like, <laughs> get some stamps on her passport, please. Because she's so likable and she's so endearing. And, and yeah, the plot is pretty silly. I mean, as far as this lie that she tells everybody that she's this guy's fiance, it's kind of ridiculous, but I like, I like rom-coms with a big lie sometimes. I think it can be really charming and funny and, and that's what it is here. And she has such good chemistry with Bill Pullman. They have so many fun scenes together. And I absolutely love the whole scene when they're at dinner uh, with his family and the conversation is just all over the place and that totally feels real to a family big family dinner to me they're talking about <laughs> Argent argentinians are i make great beef and then somebody else is tall and mary made the mashed potatoes and <laughs> and it just goes all over the place and i think it's so funny and uh i i just love this movie this is totally in my wheelhouse have you seen it no, I haven't. But when I when you sent me your list, I was doing research. This movie was directed by John Turtletop, and like yeah. some of the stuff that John Turtletop has directed over the years, like both the National Treasure movies, a movie in which Nick Cage steals the Declaration of Independence. I promise yeah. the movie's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he directed The Meg, which is about Jason Statham finding a giant shark, and just like hearing all of this. And then he directed a movie with Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, Peter Boyle, and Jack Warden. And like, the man has range. That's all I will say. Yeah. It but, is um, such a charming, this is such a charming film. I really highly recommend it. I think you'd like it. It does have a lot of names in here that I like. Uh, when I saw Jack Warden, like, my, my face just lit up. Because Jack Warden is just, he acted for so long and so many good things. He was in 12 Angry Men. He was in too many episodes of the Twilight Zone he even mentioned. So yeah, I got to go out of my way to take a look at this because it just sounds, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so what's your next pick? So my next pick is from 2009 and it is from the brilliant mind of Wes Anderson and it's called Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, this movie is based on the legendary book by Roald Dahl who also wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and a ton of other books. And uh, it tells the story of a fox named, well, Mr. Fox. And uh, after retiring from, from stealing food from farmers, he decides to take it up again and gets in trouble with three specific farmers, uh, Boggus, Bunce, and Bean. Uh, that's a simplified version of the plot, but I'm honestly not doing it justice because this movie is just brilliant. Uh, it's stop motion animation, so stop motion has my heart. Uh, by just by principle alone, but just the stacked cast that comes along with it. You got George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Bill Murray, uh, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Willem Dafoe, Owen Wilson, just it, it goes on and on and on from there. And just this movie is just, it looks beautiful. And it just, it, it just, it's so great. And it's got so many funny moments where where everybody, when they mean to say a curse word, they say cuss, like you little cuss and you mother cusser and you cuss and just, it, it's so funny. And there's an entire scene where Foxy and Mr. Badger are just like, you little cuss and I'll cuss you right in your little cuss. And it just, 
it's so hysterically funny and it's just it's so good and then mm -hmm. the finale where where mr fox sees this wolf and they just they raise their fists together and it's just good 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 stuff but just we need yes. more stop motion animated movies in our lives like yes. that's all i'll say and this movie came out in the the best year for animated films ever in the history of, of animation when you had up and this and princess and the frog and Coraline and secret of the Kells. amazing amazing year uh, otherwise i think it would have won best animated film that year because it was just such an incredible year but i love this movie i think it's so funny i i think uh the animation is so beautiful and so there's such an attention to detail uh, that I love in stop motion. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's a delightful choice. All right, my next choice, if people enjoyed Hamilton on uh, Disney+, Plus, they should definitely check out Newsies, the musical. Uh, they have both of them. They have the original film, but then they have the Broadway uh, musical on Disney Plus, and if you want to, if you're if you're missing Broadway, missing show uh, live theater, then this is a good chance to get to watch this uh, show, which was the Tony Award winner for best a new musical that year, and uh, they have the terrific cast uh, of the um, uh, the Broadway show uh, that you have Jeremy Jordan. And uh, and John Dossett, uh, Carol Lindsay, Ben Bankhauser, just this wonderful, uh, wonderful cast, and it's just really, really uh, delightful to watch. And uh, I really like the story, and I think that they improved upon the movie in uh in pretty much every way they they made it better and that's why it got embraced it's such a it's such an underdog story of going from being this reviled movie to then being a tony award-winning uh a movie, uh, musical so i i really enjoyed it. i think it's definitely worth checking out if you like broadway shows i've actually seen this one this movie came to my local theater for a fathom event and mm -hmm. i took a chance on it and I just fell totally in love. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't too. remember what episode, uh, what episode we did talking about it, but I remember recommending the original Newsies from yeah. 92, uh, the debut of Christian Bale. And, uh, and, and he's gone on to do a lot of awesome things. Uh, but yeah, I miss live theater so much. Like it just, uh, there's there's something about going and seeing a Broadway show that just it, it just hits you right in the feels I saw Phantom of the Opera on Broadway and it just it's like it's like I'm there right now it's one of my fondest memories ever and I know I'm going off on a tangent but it just live theater it's just yeah, you really can't do. beat it I know I miss it so much so, so much so people should take a look it's really fun uh, so what do you have next so my next pick is a follow-up from one of my other picks. I, again, I can't remember the specific episode, but one, epi or one of our former episodes, I recommended Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Well, today I'm recommending the sequel, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. This is a bit of a step down from the first one, I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, it's still 
it's still a lot of fun. Uh, it features the same three animals, uh, Chance, Sassy, and Shadow, and they get lost this time in San Francisco. And their goal is that they have to get to the Golden Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge. And along the way, they meet up with several stray dogs, one of which is voiced by Sinbad, which, I mean, that's always cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, I always love this movie. I'd, I've never really been that much of a dog person, but if I had to be a dog person, I would love to have Shadow as, as my dog because he would just be like, he's, he just has loyalty running throughout his entire body. And it just is like, like, I need to like bottle that loyalty and like power a whole city with it. Uh, Michael J. Fox voices Chance. He's always cool. Uh, Sally Field is always great. And, and Shadow is voiced by a gentleman named Ralph Waite, who uh, was in a lot of TV shows. He was in Cliffhanger and The Bodyguard and a lot of smaller stuff. But I, like I said, I think this is a minor step down from The Incredible Journey because The Incredible Journey has a lot of stuff that is just sticks with me more. But Lost in San Francisco is just as good. Uh, yeah, actually, I've never seen this one. Or if I did, it was when I was little and I don't remember. So I'll have to check it out. So, I mean, I like the first one. So uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard, you know, think, I hope that they were treating, I've heard that they weren't treating the animals the best. And so it can be a little like, oh, but oh, um, really? I, I didn't know that. But, uh, but, you know, I like to try to hope that they were, that they were okay and everything was fine. <laughs> it's like not too much of an incredible journey. Now they would probably use a bunch of CGI. Uh, so, uh, but I'll check that one out. I, I, uh, I like those kind of movies. I like animal movies better than, uh, I like watching animals better than having them actually in my life. Like I'm not a pets person, uh, myself. But um, I enjoy watching them on in the movies. So uh, that one sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, my last choice is uh, one that maybe when it came out, it wouldn't be considered uh, a hidden gem, but I feel like it's not really talked about much anymore. Is the Peanuts movie, and this uh, I think if you are going to praise uh, the Into the Spider Verse, you need to give some credit to the Peanuts movie because what they did in combining it in, in creating this hybrid animation between the, with the flat look of the 2d animation with the 3d uh, look as well, it was something really new that hadn't quite been done the way they did it in the peanuts movie. And it was sort of the, the, uh, the predecessor to spider verse and other hybrid animation. And so I just, I love the look of this movie. I think they really captured the appeal of this, of the specials and the comics and I love the whole Peanuts. I love the whole uh, emotional honesty of especially Charlie Brown, where he uh, is very frank about how he feels about everything. And I think that's so refreshing. And uh, he, you know, here's his frustration about his, in his ability to bond with his fellow classmates and, you know, the red haired girl. And then you also see Snoopy uh, and his escapades as the red Baron. And the whole thing is so charming. And when he, when Charlie Brown decides to be honest about, uh, about his work uh, and uh, that, that his, that he shouldn't be getting the award, like that's, that's such a true moment. And, 
the whole moment where it's dance uh, is really lovely. And I don't I just love this movie. I, uh, and I'm so excited that it's on Disney plus, hopefully some people will, will see it. I wish they would make a sequel <laughs> because there's so many more stories to tell. Um, but I don't know if that's a problem with the Schultzes. I know they, they, uh, it, it was a hard sell to even get them to make this one, but I love it. I think it's so good. I love the fact that, that all of the voices are actually, actually children, uh, which is true to the, the specials. Uh, and I love the music and yeah, I just think it's great. What do you, what do you think about this one? Oh, I have loved this movie ever since I first saw it. Uh, I am a humongous Peanuts fan. Like, if you look at the shelf behind me, you probably can't see it. But on, like, the bottom shelf, I've got, like, my father's old collection of Peanuts shorts and, like, collected editions. Plus, I have the Peanuts treasury behind me, which is, like, a lot of, like, the early stuff. So I'm I'm a Peanuts stan, for lack of a better word. I, I'm yeah. obsessed. And when I heard this movie was coming out, I'm like, well, I'm seeing that opening night. And it was awesome. Yes, like, it's so Blue good. S- I'm not really a big fan of Blue Sky Studios, but they outdid themselves with this one. Uh, this, The ending especially, and I won't give it away, but the ending of this movie especially <sighs> was just like, wow, that was just, that was just spectacular. Like, you can't make a better ending to that even if you wanted to. It's just like they nailed that directly on the head yeah i hope they make a sequel too but i guess we'll have to chalk that up to the calvin and Hobbes movie that we'll never get because Mm. bill watterson is lost in the woods somewhere (laughs) (laughs) because i'm a big calvin and Hobbes fan too i own all the collected editions and it's so good and yet it just it sits there collecting dust yeah and i get it because you don't want it to be ruined but uh, I think that's what the the blue sky people were able to convince them that they would do it right. And I think they did uh, here. So uh, when is your last pick? So my last pick is a series. And uh, if any of you have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I'm a massive Disney channel guy. And one of the, one of my favorite series I liked watching growing up was called That's So Raven. Uh, this was, uh, this starred Raven Simone and uh, she played a girl named uh, named Raven. And she's pretty normal, she has friends, she goes to high school, but she also happens to be psychic. And like, just before something bad happens, she gets a psychic vision and she realizes, oh crap, I gotta fix this. And she ends up causing more trouble than it's actually worth. But that's what makes the show funny. Uh, Raven Simone was really, really good in the show. They they actually ended up making a sequel series to it called Raven's Home that I have not seen, but I have heard good things. Mm -hmm. And this was when Raven was like on the Mount Rushmore of like Disney Channel like stars. She was on everything. She was even in the Cheetah Girls. And I'm not ashamed to admit that I listened to a fair bit of Cheetah Girls music in my life. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man and I admit to listening to to the Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Sisters. But (laughs) anyway, anyway. (laughs) This show is just, it's just wholesome, and it's really, really good stuff. Uh, Raven Simone's really good in it. I like her family. I can't remember the actors' names off the top of my head, but I love her dad. I love her mom. It just, this is a family that I would love to know today. Like, it just, 
it's just it's really really good stuff and this was released around 2005 and it lasts till about 2008 it's far too short of a run so it's so it, you all should go ahead and check that out yeah i've actually never seen this one but i've heard good things and i mean it's cool too that you've got uh you know a show a series with people of color uh that i think that meant a lot to some of you didn't see all over the place in disney channel at that time so that's cool as well uh so i definitely will have to have to check it out it looks charming mm. yeah so very good uh so we did it uh so let us know what you think of our picks and what have you been watching on disney plus let us know and if you saw the one and only ivan let us know your thoughts on that in the comment section and make sure you sign up for the film fest guy the movies film festival it's going to be really cool you definitely want to sign up and and attend as many panels as you can so please check that out and uh, so ryan where can people find you they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Of and of course, there's my channel, RyanCam Movie Reviews, with Tenet finally coming to theaters. I'll be finishing Nolan Month. That means reviews for Interstellar, uh, or wait, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, and Dunkirk. It's going to be a lot of Nolan-heavy content coming out this week. And I've also got the AFI project uh, going full steam ahead. Today is a Monday which means my episode for The Bridge on the River Kwai dropped this afternoon. And, uh, and after that, I've got episodes coming up for The Best Years of Our Lives from director William Wyler. And let's see, uh, I've also got ones for The Treasure of the Sierra Madre from John mm, Easton. I love that. And Dr. Strangelove, and I won't say the rest of that title, from, uh, from Stanley Kubrick. And of course, The Sound of Music, starring Julia Andrews, one of my all-time favorites, directed by Robert Wise. So now's as good a time as any to, to go ahead and subscribe. Yeah, that's some good stuff you got going on there. That's great. Uh, so yeah, and make sure you subscribe to Rachel's Reviews. Uh, you can find me all over social media and on uh, iTunes, YouTube, and Rotten Tomatoes. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That means so much. We had a review this week and I was so excited. So thank you so much. And uh, if you are watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we appreciate that so much. We have the Patreon group like we talked about. Check that out. It's really fun. I also have Hallmarkies podcast. We had uh, this week my interview with author Debbie Maycomber. So that was awesome. She's best-selling author. So check that out over there. And then also... Uh, check out our merch store, which has lots of fun stuff too, including hidden gems uh, designs. You can get on whatever you want, <laughs> t-shirts or whatever. So enjoy that. And uh, thanks again, everybody. And we'll, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye everyone. Bye.